How wonderful to gather together and be able to praise Jesus. Last week, you might remember that Bev led us in a beautiful prayer that involves sitting in the presence of Jesus and quieting and focusing on him rather than on the world's problems. And I was in need of that yesterday because, to be honest, I felt quite depressed after I'd read the um, Weekend Australian and I actually felt overwhelmed because it seemed that every page I turned there was another issue that was affecting either our country or another part of the world. And so with the state of the world in mind, can we pray again this morning and seek the Lord's help and uh, his will for the world that he created and that he loves so much? Let's pray. There will be a part in the prayer that an overhead will come up so that you can also join me as we pray together. Loving Father, we come to you this morning very mindful that you are Lord of all, the King of heaven, the King of earth. Please forgive us for the times that we have lost sight of this and believe the lies of the enemy. We declare that there is no other God but you. You are all-powerful, all-knowing, and nothing escapes your gaze or your action. Help us to trust you and not be afraid. You know we are sometimes disturbed by world events and news reports, but we realise that these reports are presented as if you do not exist. Your presence in the world is overlooked or even denied. We see only a small part of the picture, but you see it all, Lord. You are working out your purposes in ways of such magnitude we could never understand. It is enough just for us to trust you and know you are never the author of evil, but that you are able to take the bad things of this world and use them for good. We remember your words that in this world we will have trouble, but to not fear because you have overcome the world. And we pray now for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We also feel the burden of the people around us who are really struggling at the moment people across our country and in our community who are living with great stress and loss. As we seek your presence, we don't only want to pray for ourselves but to bring before you those who need your help. The words will be on the overhead now for you to join in. Lord, we ask you to comfort those who have experienced loss for all kinds of reasons to guide and strengthen those who are faced with tasks that seem beyond them, to guide and give courage to those who are having to make important and difficult decisions, especially our members of Parliament, to give healing, comfort and peace to those dealing with serious illness, to give hope and opportunity to those who are in debt or poverty. Send them the help they need, Lord to strengthen all family circles impacted by death or marriage breakdown, to encourage and strengthen those who work for freedom and for truth, and to bless the work of all missionaries seeking to spread the good news of Jesus throughout the world. And Lord, help each of us to do what we can to show your love and care to those you bring across our path and who are in our own families May they come to know that you are the creator and giver of life and an ever-present help in times of trouble. We thank you for your great love and compassion for us all. 
And we also pray for Sam today and the gift of preaching you have given him, Father. We pray your blessing over his message and that our hearts will respond to what you are saying to us today so that we continue to be sanctified by obeying your word. And in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Nice to see you all and uh, a special welcome to notice a few visitors as well. And if you're watching online, perhaps for the first time, I just wanted to introduce myself. My name is Sam Barnes. I'm the pastor here. And it is an honour and it is a privilege to share with you. Uh, My heart, as always, is to see uh, people come alive, uh, people be fully uh, alive in what God is doing in their lives. And it's a privilege that God uses me to be part of what he's doing in your life. And I pray that that be the case again this morning. Uh, but before we get to the message, I just want to encourage you, Sue. Um, uh, Sue, Sue shared with me this morning that there was a, a moment during the week or something where she prepared something and this this word came over her and she she couldn't help but but say this this word. And um, as you said that, and as you were worship leading this morning, I just just sense that um, that's going to continue to happen. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that just just you're going to bless people. That there's there's going to be uh, uh, oh, what's the word? Uh, more power in your worship leading. That as you you hear a song, as you as you sing, as you prepare, that the Lord will be giving you words to speak, and and that, that will touch lives. And, and it will bless lives. So, so, so. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Doesn't she do a great job this morning? Just lifting us up. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, that's all I got to say today. No, no. <laughs> um, um, last uh, last week, I um, I gave a message. We have been really un- unpacking the kingdom of God as a theme. And uh, this started as uh, I was on leave with, a, with our newborn. Uh, people in the congregation picked up this theme of the kingdom of God and started unpacking what does it mean to be in the kingdom of God? What, is, what does that look like? And uh, I, I, was, I was really blessed watching online and being impressed by the, the breadth and the, the gifts of the people in our church who, who got up and shared. And I've just been continuing on that theme of, been trying to let it go, but it just keeps keeps coming to me. And last week, I gave a message on living out our salvation in the kingdom of God. And uh, Carol picked that up at the end of her prayer. It was really about sanctification, the ongoing work of Jesus in our lives, that we would live out and continue on growing in the likeness of Christ. If the kingdom of God is just a, a distant thing that we look forward to, then then this life we're just twiddling our thumbs. We're just sort of waiting for that great day to arrive. Mm. Yet we have a purpose and God's got a plan for our lives that we would be used by him and that we would be part of his kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. And part of that is to be growing, to be uh, transformed in our inner being. And as we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength, we are being transformed into his likeness. And uh, this message this morning is kind of a part two of that, the continuation. How do, we, how do we live that out? How do we live our life of faith in this world? Because 
sometimes we can, we can look at perhaps what I shared last week and we can think, it's up to me. I've got to pursue this. I've got to make the effort. I've got to, I've got to allow these things to happen in my life. I've got to change some things. And, and before we know it, it's, it's all about us and our works and, and what we've got to try to achieve. Uh, so this morning, I just wanted to continue on it and just, just unpack that it's not about us. It's about flowing and walking in the Spirit. It is His power at work in us that enables this transformation to happen. It is the, the power of the Spirit of God at work in us that allows this transformation to happen. And that's where we want to go this morning. And so life in the Spirit is a, it's a biblical concept. concept. It's a phrase that we, we see around in, in Christian circles and it's a phrase that's used often. And we probably need, let's face it, a couple of months of Sundays to really unpack what it means to live in, in the Spirit. So I just want to narrow down this morning and, and just have one aspect of what it means to, to live in the Spirit in the context of the kingdom of God, in the context of seeking out the kingdom of God and wanting to live in that kingdom. And so we thought, let's just start with a definition of the Spirit because if, if you are a bit like me, Sometimes it's really hard. To, how do you define a spirit that is all powerful and, that, and yet and yet soft spoken? How do you describe a, a spirit who is his who you can see displayed his works yet you can't see him? Because we 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 can sort of say the Father. We have this idea of of the Father and and that word we've seen Jesus, and yet the Spirit is often uh, something that is potentially hard to define. And we might have all sorts of descriptions and definitions in our life and our study of, of, of coming up. But I, once again, um, I quoted Dallas Willard last week, and, and again, he's, one of his definitions really struck me this, this, this week. The Holy Spirit is unbodily personal power. The Holy Spirit is unbodily personal power. And if we think of who God is, God is unbodily personal power. God does not have a, a physical body. God is not a, an old man in the sky with a white beard, no matter how many comics you've looked at or uh, <laughs> pictures you've seen described. Uh, God does not have a body yet, and we'll, we'll be explaining this at Christmas time, when, when Jesus came, he took on flesh. He took on body. And God is personal. The Lord is relational. We speak to him. He speaks to us. Uh, God is not a God who is distant and far and we can't understand, and yet we know him and he knows us. And God is powerful. God is powerful. We see his, his power displayed in the world. We see his power displayed in our lives. We see his power displayed. He rose Jesus from the dead. What a powerful God we serve. And so, um, so the spirit is unbodily personal power. And then now let's again define the kingdom of God. A couple of uh, weeks ago, I came across this definition, and, and a number of you asked for this definition because you loved it from Pastor Brad Gray that the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God advancing here on earth, bringing healing and wholeness by chasing out the chaos. And <clears throat> that's a bit of a handful, 
a bit of a mouthful, really, to, to say. So I'm, I'm going to narrow that down this morning. And let, let's just start to, to bring that down. The kingdom of God is the range of God's acting power displayed. But I think we can, let's, let's, let's get a bumper sticker. Let's get a T-shirt that we can write right on. The kingdom of God is God in action. Wherever we see God in action, whether it be in the world, in our church, uh, in our lives, that is displaying the kingdom of God. And so when we say, thy kingdom come, we're not necessarily just saying um, in the uh, United Nations or you know, global freedom, although we, we pray that that be the case. We're actually saying, your kingdom come in my life. Your kingdom come in my world. Your acting power be displayed in my life. Lord, your kingdom come. Lord, your rule and reign be evident. Your power be at work in me. And that's where we want to talk this morning. And so we're going to be looking at a very popular verse. You know it. We sing it. And... We're going to be, be looking at that this morning. But before we get that, the spiritual life is the pursuit of this kingdom. The, the spiritual life is the pursuit of seeing God in action, seeing God at work in our lives, lived under the direction and the power of the Holy Spirit. And this spiritual life is available to everyone. And... Uh, I want to just start by saying uh, if you're online or if you're in the room and you haven't yet uh, given your heart fully devoted to Jesus, he is here and he is longing to, to meet with you and, and you just have to put your trust in him and he comes and he changes your world and he comes and he makes his home inside you and he empowers you by the Holy Spirit to live out this spiritual life and your life will never be the same again. And that invitation is for you this morning to come and give your life to Jesus. So let's look at this famous verse from Matthew 6, 33. Jesus is speaking. And by the way, just a side note, Jesus knows what he's talking about. (laughs) When Jesus speaks, it is our role to listen and to say yes to what he says. Uh, The hard part is working out how we live out what Jesus says. (laughs) Wouldn't you agree? Jesus knows what he's talking about. Our our role is to say yes to Jesus. The hard part and what the joy is and part of being church together is to to discover how to live out what what he says. And, in fact, uh, the next series we're going to be doing, we're going to be looking at the teachings of Jesus. We're going to be looking at the words that Jesus spoke and what that means for our lives. So Jesus speaks and he says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is speaking into a context a bit like ours in this day and age to a people who were worried, people who were concerned about what they wear, what they eat, uh, you know, how they pay their mortgage, The cost of living is going up. Uh, Jesus (laughs) is speaking to a group of people back then, but Jesus could very well and truly be speaking to us right here, right now. 
We are all a people who worry. We are all people who are concerned about the things of life, how we pay our power bills, how we uh, get enough money to get our children through school. But Jesus is saying into that context, just put aside those worries for a moment and just do this one thing. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and then all these things will be added to you as well. Let's just drill in on that for a moment. Seek first his kingdom. Seeking is a, an interesting word. Seeking is, is a word, we, I don't know if you've, uh, kids love the, the game hide and seek. It's probably one of the, the oldest and most loved games throughout all generations. But in the game of hide and seek, someone's hiding and a person just turns the house upside down, looks under chairs, under sheets, behind doors, and they seek until they find the person who is hidden. And that word is what that means. It doesn't mean just look or glance or you know, have, a, have, have a casual kind of think about it. Seeking means to pursue. Seeking means to, to do it until the accomplishment is done and the finding happens. And I was thinking about this the, the other day because uh, little JJ has just started loving this game, uh, but he hasn't quite got it right in his head because he likes to be found. <laughs> and he'll call out from his hidden place for us to, to find him. And I was, I was just thinking about that, and there's something very profound in that, is, and that, that is that God loves to be found. And, and he promises that when we seek him with all our heart that, that we will find him. And that's, that's a promise in, in that, that when we pursue the things of God, when we pursue the kingdom, he promises that, he, that we will find that and that we will um, live that out. So... We seek means to look for it everywhere. So if we are to seek the kingdom, let's go back to that narrow <laughs> definition. Jesus is saying, pursue, go after, seek the Lord in action. Seek God in action. And where do we seek that? Everywhere. Seek God in action in your workplace. Pursue to see what God is doing in your marriage. Seek what God is doing as you're bringing up your kids in the ways of the Lord. Pursue and go after God in action in the way that you relate to your neighbour. Pursue and seek after God doing something in your life when you close the door and there's no one else around and you are alone. Seek Pursue, go after God in action everywhere, in every part of our lives. Not just on a Sunday morning, not just when the worship is good, not just when the pastor asks you to be involved in the ministry area. Seek, pursue, go after seeking God in action in my life in the area of my heart, the way I think, the desires of my heart, what I'm 
going after in my life because you know what? What we seek makes our lives. The things that we pursue, the things that we prioritise, the things that we go after actually shape who we are and what our lives look like. And so I could ask you this morning, what is your life about? And really I'm asking, what are you seeking? What are you seeking in your life? I think that's a very deep question. It's also probably a dangerous question. What is it you are pursuing? What is it you are prioritising? What is it when you go to sleep at night that you think about? When you wake up, what, what is the first thing on your mind that you're wanting to do? Jesus is saying, make that about the kingdom. Make the first thing that you wake up in the morning, the the thing that you pursue, the thing that you go after, be about me in action. Because we all have our lives. We all have our projects. Perhaps we all have ministries that we're involved in and we say, Lord, I'd I'd like a little bit of help here with this. You come into my life when, when I, I need some help or when I need you to be at work and when I need your power displayed. But that's not thy kingdom come, that's, that's my kingdom come. In fact, I think one of the greatest threats to God's kingdom, to his action being evident in our lives, is our own kingdom. The biggest threat to God working in my life is me and my kingdom being displayed and being what I am pursuing. So Christ comes to us and he says, you have a lot of things going on. You have a lot of worries, you have a lot of concerns, you have a lot of pressures, but just do this one thing. Make it your primary objective, your primary concern, in life to find and interact with what God is doing. Make it your primary concern to find and interact with what God is doing in the world, in our church, in our lives, in each other's lives. Because this is really a practice for eternity, (laughs) Because on that great day when Jesus returns and we are with him forever, this is going to be our reality, that we are just going to be seeing and living out, seeing God at work. And we're going to be, um, we're going to be interacting with that forever and ever. So what does it look like then to... Pursue the kingdom in your workplace, to pursue the kingdom in your marriage, to pursue the kingdom in your own personal spiritual walk with Christ. Well, it's a bit of a command, but who finds that easy to do? (laughs) Not me. I don't find it easy to lay aside all my worries and all my concerns and just think about the kingdom. But that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because, again, it's not about me motivating myself and my heart and my mind 
and my will to, to just, just push that aside and I'm going to do this. The Holy Spirit is in you and enables you to do this, empowers you to do this and illuminates the things of God in your life. In fact, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is that he illuminates Christ in us. Uh, if you go down to um, near Adelaide Oval, the big cathedral there, they've got, they've got these lights shining up on the cathedral. So at night time it lights up the cathedral and you can see it and you go, wow, look at that cathedral. And you wouldn't be able to see that building unless it was for the lights. And one of the roles of the Spirit is to reveal Jesus, is to illuminate the kingdom, is to make it known to us. And so if we are to pursue and to go after the kingdom, then we need the Spirit to awaken us and to make us aware and to illuminate what God is doing and what Jesus is doing in our lives. So if we want to seek the kingdom, then we need the Spirit to reveal that. Secondly, the Spirit is this unbodily personal power at work within us to enable us to do this. Now, a bit of a, a personal testimony. I, I grew up in the church. I, I knew Jesus. I, I knew the word. But there was a time in my life where I knew that God was calling me to something more and that I needed help to get into all that he was calling me to. It wasn't going to be done by just me and my skateboard and my guitar, which is all I had basically. God was going to need to do a work in me, but that was a scary thing because there was going to be a time where I was going to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to need you to do a work in my life. I'm going to need you to change me. I'm going to need you to, to, to transform my heart to enable me to be in line with what, what you want in my life. And sometimes we can have that feeling when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We can, we can be scared because, you know, it's unpredictable. We like to be in control. We like to, to be safe. We like to know what's going to happen. And, oh, if I say yes to this, what's, oh, I don't know what's going to go, go on here. And that was my story. And I put off for years and years and years and years being open to the Spirit of God being at work in my life because I was scared. Do you know what? God is good. He loves you. He wants the best for you. You don't need to be scared. He loves you so much that he wants to do a good work in you. And he is so loving and so kind and so gentle in the way that he works and moves in your life. And so I want to encourage you this morning as we going to have later an opportunity to come and minister to one another, pray for one another. Perhaps, perhaps you're a bit like me and this morning might be an opportunity for you to say, yeah, I want, I want my life to make a difference. I want to, I want to pursue the, the kingdom of God. I want to see God at work in my life. I need the spirit to be alive in me. I need to be filled. I need that power to be evident in my life and I want, I want that now. And maybe that's for you this morning. But there's this power, and this power is available. It is at hand because it is given to you. You know, when Jesus was um, speaking to his disciples, he was telling them that he was going to his, his father's house to prepare a place for them. 
And in, in that context, he, he talks about giving the Spirit. And he says in John 14, If you love me, keep my commands, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate, a, a helper, a counsellor, to help you and to be with you forever. So when the Spirit comes, he comes to be with us forever. And the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. When we say yes to Jesus, when he comes and makes his home amongst us, the spirit is in our lives and is available to us. We don't need to to go to this place or to do that. Uh, the, the spirit is available, and this was a new thing for Jesus' disciples. The Jesus' disciples were, were looking at the kingdom and they, they could see God in action because Jesus was with them. <laughs> they could see his power displayed. They could see what was going on. And, and now Jesus is talking about going and leaving them. You could imagine them being a bit concerned, going, well, well how are we going to see God in action now? And Jesus is saying, well, the spirit is going to be given to you and you're going to be part of God's action in the world. You're going to be part of God's kingdom coming because the spirit is going to be in you. And I was I was thinking about the notion that the Holy Spirit is available to each and every one of us. And I was reminded of a little illustration I gave when I spoke at um, Pilgrim School a while ago. And To give a bit of a backstory, uh, when Joe and I were going out, uh, she lived out of home with a housemate, and her housemate had some dogs, and she loved her dogs. Um, but one one day they got out of the fence, and one of the dogs, I think, got run over or something, but it was okay. But she was so distraught, and um, she didn't really have family or, or people who could could really help. And I was like, "I'll I'll mend the fence." So I spent a whole day gathering wood and, and bringing tools around and I fixed the fence up so that the dogs couldn't escape. And and Joe's housemate was just, she was just so blessed by that mo- notion. And, and um, but part of it was I was saying I had, had these really cheap and dud tools because, you know, I was young and I didn't have an income and that sort of thing. And I had this really bad drill that I was trying to, to drill into masonry and it wasn't a hammer drill and I was, I was spending hours just trying to, to, to drill into the brickwork and, and, and she heard me like be frustrated with the, the tools I had but she was so moved by, by that uh, effort of, of securing her dogs that she actually bought me a hammer drill <laughs> and this was my, my, first, my first drill uh, that, I, that I had and it was from, from her gift, from, from doing that. And I used this for, for many number of years. But something I discovered about this drill uh, was it got more and more frustrating because where, wherever I was working, I had to find a power source to plug it in. And so, you know, I had to be near the power source. So I had to bring either what I was working to close to the thing or if you're out and about in the yard, I then had to get one of these 
and I had to like step over and maneuver and get under a chair or around and and if one wasn't enough then you had to like put in like five or six to get down to the bottom of the garden you know what I'm talking about to the point where it's like you know what the 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 house extension cords aren't working so you get one of these beasts but who knows the problem with these no matter how much you wind them up perfectly they just not themselves I don't know there must be in the manufacturer's thing or something you know you try you try and do the over the arm thing but that just twists it up and you try and do the 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 tech guys will know what I mean you you go over and then you go under and then you go over when you do a thing but then you throw it to try and get down and you're pulling it and pushing it and you're getting angry (laughs) it becomes knotted and it becomes a hindrance. And then when you finally do it, you're like still two metres too short. <laughs> and it was just such a hassle. Then came the day, you know where I'm going, where I didn't need to find a power source, but the power was with it wherever it went. And I could step over those obstacles. I could walk down to the bottom of the garden And I didn't need to have the wound-up cord because the power was with the tool always. It was present with it wherever it went. And um, I I remember saying this to the... the, I actually got out all of my my power tools at the the assembly and I (laughs) I had my big extendable chainsaw that's a power saw and I held it over the kids. I said, who wants a haircut? And I saw all the teachers like on the edge of their chairs. <laughs> Who is this guy? Did he pass the safety kind of thing? And it's like, ooh, I better put that away. I can see them getting, getting cross. But the, the, point, the point with this system is, of course, I can, I can take out the power source and I can put it into another tool and I can put it in, and I can, I can use the power source with me wherever I go. You know what this reminds me of? Religion. Because religion says you've got to jump through hoops. You've got to go through another person in order to access the power. You've got to go through another source. You've got to jump all the obstacles. You've got to get untangled. You've got to have your life straight and narrow. Or it's saying your life, you know, even if you do all that, you're still too short. You've got to work harder. That's what religion does. Paul talked about this in Romans 14. He said, in the context of people squabbling about what you eat and what you drink and rituals, he says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of rituals, of jumping through hoops, doing this, doing that, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy and peace and goodness. Do you want joy in your life? Do you want peace? Do you want goodness? Do you want that evidenced and displayed in your life? The Holy Spirit is with you always to bring about that. We don't need to to jump through the, the hoops of religion, but Jesus is turning things around. He's, he's bringing 
a new system in place where he imparts his spirit to us. So wherever we go, into that challenging boardroom, when we're trying to train our children, when we've got a conflict with a person in the church, when we're feeling inadequate in ministry, when we're called to live out our faith when someone questions it at work, that's when the power of the Holy Spirit is available to us wherever we go, not just in the church, not just as the preacher preaches, but the Spirit is in you. And the Spirit is revealing what God is doing. And God wants to do amazing things in your life. He wants to transform it. He wants to move through you. He wants you to be part of his kingdom coming here on earth as it is in heaven. And you have a role to play to participate with him in that ministry. But you can't do that alone. You can't do that with your skills. You can't do that by unveiling this and and that. It happens when the spirit of God becomes alive and real in your heart and in your life. There's another thing about this, and it's probably where the analogy falls down, is that there's a little power indicator on this battery. It says it's got three three bars out of four, so I've still got a bit of bit of go with this one. But you know what? The spirit doesn't run out. <laughs> doesn't you can't exhaust the spirit's work in your life. He doesn't need to be charged again. Yet sometimes we do. Sometimes we need refilling. We need recharging in the things of God. We need what the reality of what God has done in us to become alive again and again and again because we so easily fall back into what's easy and what's simple, what's comfortable. In Ephesians, Paul says, don't get drunk on wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Anyone done any uh, Bible study on this verse and the, the verb there, be filled, is in the continual sense. And, and therefore, there's, it's, there's an imperative in that. It's, it's more of a command than it is a suggestion. <laughs> the command is to be filled or don't pursue self because that will ruin your life. Instead, continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you feeling like you're a bit low? Are you feeling... Perhaps you've been working in your own strength in a certain area of your life. Perhaps you've been wanting to, to work and, and, and in, a, in a good way do things for the Lord, yet it's been in your own strength. Perhaps you look at, um, perhaps you look at this and you think, my life feels like a bit of a tangle, feels like a bit of a mess. And, uh, and 
And the, the system that I, I thought I needed was that I needed to go through a power source. I needed to find something. Let me encourage you this morning that the Lord is here and he wants to work in your life. He wants to fill you afresh. He wants to come and do a work in you to recharge you, to refill you. I'm going to invite the worship team up. One of the things that frustrated me most about that power cord was that I desired to do a job and the thought of having to go through that rigmarole made me put it off. It was too hard. I couldn't be bothered. And you know what? Sometimes we can feel like that. Oh, I just can't be bothered. It's too hard. I hear what you're saying, but I'm just comfortable. I'm just going to leave it as it is. You know what? If we leave it as it is, then the, the fence doesn't get fixed. <laughs> I feel like that's a word for many of us here this morning, that the Lord's been doing a work in, in your life. And perhaps this morning is a, an opportunity for that to come to fruition and to not be of mind to say, oh, I can't be bothered, it's too hard, I'll just leave it. Perhaps this morning the Lord is saying to you, I've got good things for you. I want to do something in your life where we can partner together. Where, where I'm going to allow you to pursue and to seek after things in your life that are going to transform you and change you forever, set you on a course that's, that's just beautiful, that brings colour and life and joy to all that you do. Well, the Lord's here this morning. I'm going to invite... Andrew and Carol, they're going to come down here at the cross. And if you're feeling this morning like, yeah, it might have been over weeks and weeks and weeks, the Lord's doing something in your life, but you're feeling low, we want to pray for you this morning that the Holy Spirit would move and that he would transform you and and move in your heart that you'd see the kingdom of God come in your life. So, Lord, we come now. We have time and we have space where we just step aside and we ask for you to move. Lord, if there are people here who feel tangled up with religion, tangled up with feeling like they've got to get it right, would you come and touch their lives this morning? Release the spirit. Give them freedom and joy in life. Perhaps there's one or two who are yet to fully devote and give their lives to you. Would you touch them too on the the shoulder and and help them to, to come and surrender to you? And perhaps for others this morning who are 
just longing to be used, longing to see the kingdom and God's action displayed in the world and in their lives, and they just want to be part of it. Lord, reveal what you're calling them to do. But again, let it not be through their strength, but by the power of your spirit, Lord, we pray. And so, Lord, we just offer this time to you now to come, minister and work and be amongst us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing an old song again. (laughs) did this last week. But it says, move me, fill me, work in my life. And may that be our prayer as we we stand, as we sing. Let's stand together and let's sing. And if you want to come down the front, I'm going to be available as well to pray. Or if, if you you feel like there's someone alongside you, perhaps, you, you want to pray for, you feel free to do that this morning. Just as we were singing, um, I had a picture, and it's a bit of a weird one, but um, I had this picture of crocodile jaws um, wide open, and I was just reminded of a a child's story that we read to our kids about a a pig who had to go inside of a crocodile's jaws to get his hat. And I know it's funny, but um, after he did it, he had to be brave to do it. But in order, but because he was brave, he got his hat back. And I, I got a sense this morning that for some of you, even just coming out the front just seems like a strange thing. But you've got to be brave. You've got to get on the front foot and to pursue it, to seek it, to go after it. Even though it might seem scary, even though it might seem like a strange thing to do, to go into a crocodile's jaws. Yet God's calling you to that, to be brave, to go after him. It might seem scary for God to do a work in your, in your life and in your heart. But the joy afterwards is so good. The transformation is so wonderful. The relief, the freedom that comes is so magical that it's worth doing. Even though it may seem strange, even though it may seem like people are looking at you, even though it might seem like it's just a weird thing to do and you've never done it before, it's God calling you this morning to be brave. It's God calling you this morning to to get into that thing in order to receive 
from Him this morning. As we continue to sing, we just want to open it up and continue to pray for you to come. us towards the end of our service. Sam, I really appreciated the challenge today because it wasn't one designed to make people feel guilty about anything, but it was just come before God and open your heart. And I think one of the biggest revelations I had when I first became a Christian was when you come to God with an openness and a willingness to do whatever he says, that can be a bit scary, but it doesn't need to be because God loves you. And he actually has good things for you. And sometimes we go, oh, it's, if I really open myself up and come close to God, what if he asks me to do this or this? We, we don't need to worry about that. The devil wants to trick you into that. Oh, no, don't come close to God. He'll make you do something horrible. He'll ruin your life. No, no, no. Just put that aside. So that I just encourage you this morning, if you would like to come forward and, and just have someone to stand with you in prayer, just to open your heart and say, God, I want to seek you. And that was the challenge that got me this morning. What are you seeking? And I'm seeking some things in my life, like the things that keep me awake at night and I think about and I'm seeking them. And they're not bad things. You know, they're good things, good things for my family. But the challenge I found was how can I just just push those things to the side for a minute and seek God, seek him, you know, what's he want to say to me? Not just about this, but just to me as a person. Um, and maybe he's going to open up new areas of life that I never even thought of. So, yeah, be blessed. Thank you. Please join us for a coffee. And if you'd like to come down and pray, we'd love to pray with you. Have a great week.